0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the CBS Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Smith, and today I have on Justin, a.k.a. Tech Spartan. He's a social media expert, esports enthusiast, and a gamer himself. Justin, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, you there? Justin.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right, there we go. Some <clears throat> little technical difficulties there as y'all can see, but probably got a connection. All right, so we'll just hop right into it. So pretty much what's gonna happen in this episode, I'm gonna ask questions and Justin's gonna talk. So we're gonna start off. Pretty much, what is Tech Spartan? How did you get into, you know, the industry? How did you start it? What made you want to do it? What have you done so far? Have at it. Um. Okay. So Tech Spartan kind of derived from
1: the fact that I just, I love Spartan culture. Um, I love how they approach life, how they approach adversity, Um, whether it be war or education or whatever. And I, I've always loved tech, so I've, I've always been, Real being into since I was smaller, you know, I, I'm, I'm an old guy, I'm, th- I'm 32, so <laughs> put the computers together. Um, Not that old. And uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I, I'm in a weird demographic because technology jumped twice in my lifetime. You know, yeah. I was around for the internet to happen, and then I was around for mm-hmm. smartphones and streaming. So it, it took two big leaps in my, in my, Time and it's it it feels like a motor because things just went faster from there. So I remember when they put 3D models on the back of game boxes because that was like a big deal, you know. And now we have almost lifelike characters um, in games. I, I remember looking at Final Fantasy VII Remake that mm-hmm. I'm playing now, and the in-game characters look like the pre rendered cutscenes from years ago. That you would see on Game Informer magazine. So, times have just changed, but you know, I I really have always loved te- te- technology, and um, also, you know, Master Chief, my favorite cat- game character ever, m- 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 and my favorite series ever is is, is of course a, a Spartan. Um, and I want I wanted a brand name that was special to me. As far as how I got into it. I I literally wanted to own my own business and I I thought about what I could do and be good at and marketing and helping businesses grow was my, my passion. Um, and it started out with me trying to sell websites door to door, door, if you can believe it, uh, about four years ago. And through time I just filtered out what worked and what didn't work. And, um, now, now I'm, I'm I'm four years later, and I'm I'm fully into it. I refine my techniques. I I refine how um, I've grown my I've grown my own business, and how and, and how I've grown other businesses also. Um, and this this is like the exact place, like where I want to be as far as helping a brand grow versus just helping a business grow. So.
0: Gotcha. That's awesome. And for those of you that don't know, Justin Tech Spartan is the guy behind the social media for CBS Entertainment and Contender Esports. Both of those, you know, Continue Esports, we've done lots of posting, you know, the videos you see on there, all that stuff. You
1: hear me? I hear you now, I'm good.
0: Okay. So, so how did you get into gaming?
1: Um, My first game ever was Tomb Raider 2 on PC back in 99. <laughs> so growing up, when I was real young, you know, I didn't game a lot. You know, family didn't have a lot of money. I was raised by a single dad, so I read a lot of books. So I used to read, you know, the old Game Informers and the old game books, and um, but I, ne- I never had, like a, like, a Sega or a PS1. I had to always go over to my, my friends' houses and kind of, like, watch them play. Um, and I got my PC. I got, I got a, a PC gaming first, Tomb Raider 2, Tribes 2, um, Deus Ex, you know, we're talking about, you know, super old games here. And then I got an Xbox. And once I got an Xbox, of course, I played Halo 1 and the rest is history. I've been a gamer ever since. Um, and to me, gaming is almost like reading books. Like you can there, – there, there, there's a, a different story in, in each game that you open. And it, I love the, the imagination that you can get from playing a game. Um, can be almost like an escape from day, day, day-to-day life. And I just kept up with it, man, I mean, because games have gotten better and more ambitious as, as, as time was going on. I mean, you got games like, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 that were almost imaginary back when I was a kid. So I've just kind of stuck with this so far. Gotcha. And I
0: know you've even taken that patch for gaming over into. You know the esports sector. We have been working with Arcade of Thrones and CBS Entertainment, contender esports as well. And now I want to dive into a little bit about the whole esports marketing and how that varies. You know, because obviously there's teams, there's tournament organizers, there's gaming centers and different stadiums, arenas types. So how does the marketing? all extent how is it similar how is it different what can they do people that have, even players as well or well, what are giving advice and what these different types of organizations companies gamers need to do to really get the exposure out there within the marketing
1: um i think definitely if i'm talking about niching it to north carolina um well i guess i guess in in general like in general uh broad terms now is that creating a audience through content is extremely important um, because it's so saturated now where you don't have to be the best player to have an audience. You don't have to be, you know, a player of a, of a specific game genre to have an audience. You just got to play and then put out, put out your content. Um, Because each, each, each player is essentially like their own brand. So, with, 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 with eSports, it's almost the, the same as a comedian, if you will, or a mayor. Um, your audience wants to know what kind of gamer are you, how you game, what you game, when you game, because everybody is is, 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 is everybody, everybody's audience. You know, I mean, even, you know, the, the, the top eSports players are fans of, of other eSports players. Um, so that's really – Whenever I'm talking, talking to somebody about marketing in the esports realm is to know the esports audience, know what they like, know what they watch, and then kind of create media around that audience, if you will.
0: Yeah, that makes an excellent point. You know, one thing I like to say about someone like Ninja, you know, obviously he creates lots of content. And he wouldn't be known if he didn't stream a bunch and create lots of content. But i say Ninja isn't a streamer. I said Tyler Blevins is the streamer. Ninja's a brand. I mean, he did such a fantastic job of building that personal brand. And now you see he's coming out with books and there's so many other things he can do with his merchandise and partnership with Adidas and other companies because of that brand that he built. And now we talk. you know, we talked about the gamers, the streamer and the pro players, what advice would you have? Because, you know, tournament organizers are actually really popular here in North Carolina and the Triangle area. What advice would you have for the tournament (coughs) organizers that are looking to get into the space and trying to grow their brand and build more awareness, you know, build that audience that you were talking about?
1: First thing I would say is to definitely become social media savvy beyond – the personal use of it, um, which is which means to like create the actual brand and then put up content in volume, volume it doesn't have to be super duper produced or super or super duper, you know, edited, put out content about your brand at scale, you know, and and engage with your audience, engage, talk to them like their content, share their content, comment on their content give commentary on somebody else's content um awareness is going to be your biggest commodity currency especially for gamers starting out in this space you got to have awareness you know um, awareness awareness over the the quick financial um gain at first because once you have the awareness you're able to then generate the, the actual back-end income um, because a lot of times people start out, they don't have the the um, the awareness, but they but they're like, "Well, I want to be like Ninja," but those that took time to cultivate that kind of audience and awareness. So awareness first, now definitely,
0: you're absolutely right. And what a lot of people don't know is it was, I believe twenty eighteen, Ninja made ten million dollars. But what a lot of people don't know is that he streamed, it really was, was, came out to 11 hours, 40 minutes a day. So almost half the day. And that was just him streaming. That doesn't include the, which his wife does do a lot of that because she's his manager for that, but that doesn't include the concert he created. And he ran events for himself when he played with Drake and other celebrities. And all the other events, adventures that he did, to lead up to that. And now you see he got that huge deal with Mixer, whereas now he only has to stream for six hours a day and instead of the 12 that he was before because of that. But it takes lots of work, lots of effort, full time job within doing that.
1: Right. Exactly. Time. Time.
0: And, and we're not even talking about money here, is what the thing is. It's just time, energy, effort within this. So anybody can do it. You know, anybody can go and stream, streaming's free. Building a personal brand is free, because you see Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all those channels are free to use. It just takes the research and the work at it, things like that. You know, you can even find people who can help do that. You know, for just a couple hundred dollars a month.
1: Exactly. I mean, I think that that there's there's a reverse in between, and, and some of that is just solopreneur psychology that social media has kind of warped a little bit because it'll 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 act like you know that it happens overnight, and because esports and esports streaming is is so profitable for some, it'll be profitable for all. That's the theory, but the the delta, which is the separation between A and B, is always just time and effort. You know, it, it, it takes a lot a lot of time, and how feasible is it for you to stream for ten hours a day right now? You know how how feasible is it for you to take out this time? It's gonna require sacrifice, you know. But the blueprint's there.
0: That's correct, and I want to get your opinion on two different things. So one is esports betting. Not sure if you all have heard about it, but Nevada has recently been adding lots of different events. CSGO's been the main one with all the majors that have been happening recently. Today they just added the Rio, you know, major that's happening in Brazil. Justin, what's your opinion on this esports betting and the gambling that's happening now?
1: You know, I I feel like it's inevitable. You know, honestly, I mean because esports, you know, people kind of wrote it off as, like, I remember back when they were talking about how games were like melting your brain and you shouldn't play them, and all this foolishness. And now, you know, it's just like UFC at, at one point in time was laughed at. UFC was, well, it still is like one of the, the fastest growing sport, you know. And esports, I think, is going to take that mantle because the closer we get to convenience, the closer we get to watching. From from home conveniently in our chairs, you know. So if I can click on YouTube or probably a, a, a esports streaming app, that's probably going to actually happen sooner than later, and watch my favorite um, esports league play with my fe- with, with with my favorite esports league player. It's the same as an athlete that, that we have in football or basketball or or baseball. I feel like it's inevitable Um, as far as people betting on who's going to win and who's going to lose. Whether it's sanctioned, regulated, or not, I think that it will happen.
0: Correct. And about eSports, it's free to watch. You know, right now, I read a quote on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago. They said eSports went from being not a sport to being the only sport happening, and we see how yesterday the – League of Legends finals was on ESPN. You know, it's also available on Twitch, and then YouTube bought the rights to the Overwatch League and Call of Duty League, which is free to watch. Facebook today just released their gaming app. And the great thing about eSports is all this stuff is free. You don't have to pay anything to actually watch it.
1: Right. You know, and and, and that's that's how YouTube made us millions. It, it, it built its audience are really a free to access, <clears throat> um, a free to access platform, but also esports. Now, I mean, you have especially with Corona going around now, you have digital recreations of of of, of, of sporting events. with the players like, like FIFA. Yeah. I mean, that's that's gonna like, that's a real thing. Or the NBA basketball tournament that happened with digital players, like like digital teams. I mean. I think that's just—it's just inevitable that if with Like well, this is this is a, a natural evolution of of sports.
0: That's correct, and we see how all these sports teams, leagues—they're all getting into the esports. You know, they want to keep the awareness for their teams. They're using it as a charity as well. You know, they post something, they raise money, and they're able to give away thousands of dollars the charity to help fight this coronavirus in Triangle Delta, the local esports team here in the area, they actually had a twelve hour stream on Saturday and they raised over a thousand dollars to give to the food shelter to provide food for people in need. So that is a great thing about what esports is offering us right now. One is giving people a chance to make money and those people that have money, it's giving them a way to use their gifts and talents to take that money and use it to help those that you know may not have. Exactly. All right, so we had talked about the eSports betting. Now, I just recently found out about this one, and it hasn't officially been set in stone. I don't think it's that popular yet, but there is now Fantasy eSports fantasy football basketball any other sport you might have they don't have fantasy esports what's your opinion on that and if you've even heard of it um i've
1: heard of something possibly happening with that um and i think that that's it's been a a sort of a thing for a little while now i think it's ramping up now because of coronavirus and, and people are now at home and they're just like they're they're putting in brackets and they're betting and they're putting in pools of money, and they can because it can all be done digitally. You know, you you can tune in to a live stream game between uh fantasy esports team league and then see who wins. Um, and I think that that's something that's probably blo- bloomed out of necessity because of no sports events right now, and when it comes down to necessity people would rather watch a a, a, a virtual high level high level unoad, um 2k match than watch nothing at all at home so I think that that's that that's definitely um something that's gonna probably grow in the next few years.
0: That's correct. And then we see you know we have our games that are the sports games like NBA two K Madden and then we have our first person shooter games like Call of Duty Rainbow Six. And then we have just these completely unrealistic games like Rocket League and Fortnite that we have out here. So, you know, in video gaming, there's a great mix of everything. Just like in regular sports, there's a great mix in all of those as well. And what's your opinion of, because, you know, obviously right now the esports industry is booming, making lots of money. We at the same time, Lots of organizations, companies, teams are losing lots of money. So what do you think is going to really happen in the next five to ten years?
1: There'll be a, a mix of, of, of both. Um, I think that disruption of any market is inevitable, right? Um, Blockbuster should have probably worked with Netflix versus laughing them out of the room. Um You look at Cabs and Lyft and Uber. Um, you look at, you know, um, digital digital sales of music versus CDs. You know, there's there's they're gonna have to be a they're gonna have to become a, a, a happy mix of both, and some some things that are that are essentially like fats are gonna be cut. You know, like the. The fat in anything that's, that becomes obsolete is just going to have to happen. Um, we look at GameStop, right? A lot of people are not buying as many typical copies of games. Um, it also, you know, walking into a, a brick and mortar that just sells games kind of feeds the purpose when I can go on Amazon and order it and have it here in an hour. So it's going to force the one that's losing to, to provide more value, not more cost but more value
0: to their audience. That's correct. And we see a great large company like GameStop. They could easily dominate the esports industry overnight. Well, not overnight, but within the next six months to a year because we see there are a lot of individual game centers like what we're building, the e-sports as a franchise, but only a few locations at the moment. Man, we as well see there's individual standalone ones. You know, e- eSports, they have two locations. And I have other ones I've been to tap eSports up in Philly. A lot of individual ones. And then there are some, it's not a franchise, but eSports Arena. They own all their gaming centers, but they have them in Walmarts across, across the country. And they have a stadium as well in Vegas but the thing about GameStop is they already have so many physical stores. All it would be like is, okay, we want to convert these into gaming games. and the people already know GameStop and it will be so easy for them to take over the market it, within you know, the next year all they have to do is transform into gaming. It's actually business that's powerful, doing well, you know, people running tournaments, GameStop where they can easily have huge crack cash prizes for games they're already connected with all the gaming companies like my Head games and fortnite or epic games and they so easily do very well but you know back to what you're talking about the blockbuster they should have partnered with netflix we're going to see that happen continually with more businesses because it's still stuck on the past
1: right the ideology is holding them back you know and, and ideology is dangerous um you can't be ideologically audio- possessed, um, when, especially when you're running a business in because back in the day, right, things they stayed the same for a long time. You know, there was there was, there was no need to change. And some of these people that were there back then are still in power now, where they're making decisions and they're seeing how the culture dictates what your business does, not the other way around. Correct. That's an audacious assumption that that the old guard had is that because they were successful with what they put out, they thought that, well, we can dictate what our audience wants. That's not really true. Your audience has just, just liked what they've been getting. But if somebody else comes along and, and produces a better product at a similar or better value, you haven't lost yet, but you're going to have to adapt. But adapting is admitting that we aren't the best of the best and that, and that we must change. And unfortunately, as you see with egos, it doesn't happen. GameStop should, should have gotten to the eSports market a long time ago, a long time ago, but it has, it's one of, it's, it's, it has a stance on, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going we're gonna, to um, um, do this. Forza made, made made the exact same mistake. You know, this isn't, it, the, the 90s way of doing things isn't isn't a thing anymore. And Toys to, uh, Rush should have really invested in not only on, online selling, but also having smaller brick and mortar, lower lower, the, lower their, their, their physical overhead, because kids now play with toys for a shorter amount of time. They go tech very, very soon now. You know, so... Adapting is something that, that businesses must do. But unfortunately, you might have someone who makes, who makes the decision if it should change or not. They don't want to do it. And GameStop is closing more and more stores. And they're probably going to end up getting bought out by by a franchise or or, or buying a smaller esports franchise to absorb what they do. Because they already kind of have the audience. They got a capitalize on them.
0: You're exactly right on that. And then just something else that I wanted to add to that very much what you were just talking about was innovation and within this industry, any tech technology type industry.
1: I mean, in, in, innovation in small spurts has got to happen on a consistent basis. Um, you know that's how new games come out every year because by the time a game comes out, it's already old. You know they were the, the um um they're working on the on the next thing and I think one of the biggest people to do that successfully is feelings or, feelings or not is you know Ubisoft. They put out a lot of games, but some of their games are like legit, just really good tech demos. The, the the first Assassin's Creed was almost a tech demo compared to Assassin's Creed Two. Okay. You know, they, 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 but they wanted to, to see what it can do, and that's got to happen in the in because te- technology ages ten times. It used well, that's to. one
0: thing that we see within the games. The most popular games that you see now, the games are free to play, and they have. Consistent updates, so something like Fortnite, League of Legends, Apex, those games are free to play, and they just update them. So you're not buying something new. I know Call of Duty; they have to do this because they're a public company, Activision, and that they have to continue, you know, to increase earnings. But the thing is, you know, Call of Duty keeps coming out with different types of games, as opposed to something like Fortnite, all they do is keep upgrading, changing things, like they have new updates all the time within their game. And those are the best games out there, the ones that are free and just offer updates. And then I even heard that companies like EA was looking to do that with their EA sports games, you know, FIFA and 2K, because the game is literally the same thing. And each year they just change a few amount of things. And why make players or was wait for the players to be changed and anything else? Why don't they just let that happen through an update, you know, every three to six weeks of having them to buy a new game every single year?
1: Right. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, Rockstar has really sho- – and, 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 and Epic have really showed what it can do because they've made – They've capitalized on one, the infrastructure of being able to update your games remotely. You know, back in you know back in the day, you couldn't do that. You had to buy a whole new right. game. You know, game came out this year. That was it. We'll put everything new into the next one, which is crazy for 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 crunch. But it's it's easier on distribution now. Your people are making AAA games like GTA Five and, and Red Dead Redemption and. And last of was you know part two, but I think GTA they're they they're, they're thinking about doing pretty much what they've done with you know GTA Five, which is to release a game in parts almost, and just get and just give huge updates every few months.
0: Oh yeah, we're seeing that new trend now, but that's the thing, and that's the thing when I talk about innovation. And you know, I have a gaming center, Contender Esports here in Cary, North Carolina. And I realized I'm gonna to have to innovate. I was just using my Oculus Go VR headset this morning and there is now a VR league. It's not that popular yet. But the thing is, I realized that VR is cool with the technology. And I'm just thinking, I wrote this on Twitter today, five, 10, 15 years from now, how great the technology is going to be. And you know how now we play laser tag? Pretty much it wouldn't be doing that same thing, but it's going to be a Call of Duty version where it looks like we're using real guns and because of the virtual reality, it looks like we're in an actual war zone type. And when I was at DreamHack Atlanta last year in 2019, I saw there was Halo and Madden tournaments going on. Those were the small events. On the main stage were mobile games. There was Clash Royale, there was PUBG, and some others. I'm trying to remember what they were. But it was all mobile games. And with the younger generation, they play the mobile games. And the mobile games can be played anyway. You know, they can practice on the way to school, during breaks, you know, they can during class. I'm sure they do. But I realized, oh, I'm going to have to innovate because, you know, my gaming center is PC console switches. I think all those will be around 5-10 years from now. But don't want to make this mistake of, you know, people like, oh, well, there's still enough attention in those areas. Well, I know that mobile and VR are going to be taking over. I have to get into those spaces as well. And in addition, racing, which now that NASCAR Formula One has come to a cease, they're doing virtual through simulators. So now I know I have to get into those spaces as well. And so lots of innovation has to be done, especially in this industry. There's even drone racing and all other types of things, but I mean, I really have to keep a lookout and keep my head on a swivel for any new things.
1: Absolutely. What are you going to do now? You got to kind of think of things that are around now or already they they have an expiration date on them. They're not going to work forever.
0: Right. And I mean, that's the thing about innovation. And, you know, the top companies that do extremely well, they all innovate. And you see how eSports is becoming huge. You see, Amazon decided to buy Twitch. Microsoft bought Mixer. YouTube added YouTube Gaming. Facebook an app. I don't know what it's called, but they added an app as well. I mean, there's some of the biggest tech giants. You know, Sony are already in the space with the PS4 and Microsoft. And then the other, they have company like Apple. It's the Apple with Steve Jobs. one of the most dominant companies in the 20s. years, are still a dominant company when you look at the innovation aspects, well, they haven't really done too much. They haven't really bought any new company. And you're looking at, well, what have they done in eSports? Because all these other companies are involved in eSports somehow. And they seem to be like the only tech giant that aren't involved.
1: I think that whoever controls their, their – their market to execution plans, or just watching to see, um, because a, a lot of it's tiny. Because you could be too early, or you could or be too late. You know, what I mean, um, they they want to see how how the esports market is is going without writing it off, but before they invest millions into it, because once they do, they're gonna they're gonna go full full force,
0: you know. Yep, that's right. But don't you think they'll be a little late? Because, you know, Amazon early with buying Twitch, they actually outbid Google in, believe it was 2014 when they bought it. And now you see Google were able to shift really well because they already had YouTube, which is a popular platform. But then you see Microsoft trying to get into the space. You know, they already have the Xbox, so they're doing extremely well from that end. Sony uh, heard were trying to get into the streaming space, but have not yet. Facebook would be pretty easy for them to get into this space simply due to, because it's Facebook. But you see Mixer's the big one that's really trying to catch back up simply because Amazon were so dominant for so long or Twitch was. And now with Mixer, they're really trying to catch up and get back into it. And even when they buy people like Ninja and Shroud, the fans still stay over at Twitch.
1: Right, I mean, they definitely will will be behind the curve a little bit if, if, if they keep just waiting around because esports is is a is a proven thing, you know. The market, I mean, that's why a lot of people they really want esports like the UFC because it's a thing. It has an audience. It, it has a very lucrative audience, but some companies are just, I think are just lacking the internal strategy on. How, how how they should go about it, you know? Why don't they make their own eSports league and team and, and platform? They could. Nothing is stopping these huge companies from recruiting and training dynamite eSports players and then having them compete. That's that's all UFC did. UFC just put up an octagon and said, hey,
0: those who want to fight, come fight
1: and then it's hard
0: to have to after. after. That's That's it. That's why even though fighting isn't that popular, (laughs) you see boxing is dropping off. MMA isn't that popular. You know, other sports like Taekwondo and other martial arts don't get that much attention. But the UFC is growing. I mean, it's going the opposite direction as all the other ones. And you see, they just started. And they're like, okay, we'll figure it out as we go along. You see, when it first started, underground, Anybody could fight. No weight class is nothing. And now you see, they charge lots of money for people to watch. You know, people do. They're like, "Oh, this fight's coming up. That fight's coming up." And you know, people were very really upset about the Tony Ferguson and Khabib fight not happening. And we see that happen with esports as well. And I mean, every sport is like this: NHL, NFL, MLB. They all had struggles. Teams dropped off. When you go back and look at the between the 1920s and 1950s, how long it took sports to figure it out. And really, it was the TV deal that made sports start making money because that is Green Bay Packers. They're the only public NFL team, so they had to expose their earnings. But they found out that over half of their revenue came from TV rights that were paid out for the teams by the NFL. And so, you know, esports is gonna figure it out. And now whether that means that, cause you know, now teams like my favorite teams cloud nine, but these teams have 13 different games on them. Will it be to the point where, you know, there's only like five popular esports that actually have where you're traveling to stadiums where companies are paying for the right to broadcast the games on there, the leagues on there. And then where they really to buckle down and focus on those small select few and not have you know the wide variety. Yeah, I, I think
1: a, a lot of a, a, a lot of times the internal structure at these places, once they cap, they you don't know, innovate. There's there are a lot of things that esports could do. But also, e- I mean, esports, just like UFC, like once they plateau as far as They've got people watching at a at a hugely scalable, you know, um, in a hugely scalable way. They've got partnerships and sponsors, and you know, they've got like the UFC now now owns several huge gyms in like Hong Kong, LA, um, London, where you can yeah, go and you can train franchise those to out to be a UFC fighter. Um, they got gaming things. I mean, they've got movie deals now. So that's what e- I mean. Pretty soon, we're gonna see movies like The Social Network, but it, it'll be about a, a, it, it'll be about Ninja, you know, like his life. You know, it, it, it'll be things where there are thing. Springboarding is a big thing that businesses don't do because the rush to get to the top or to or to or to get to scale is so arduous. That once you get there, it's like, let me just stay here for a minute (laughs) and catch my breath. But you've got a springboard. You've got a springboard into what else can we do, you know, which is why huge brands like Coke and and Netflix, they're constantly putting their fingers in like different pies to draw in different things as it relates to their own brands. And eSports is going to have to do the same thing because essentially... What's going to happen is we're going to get to a point where we're going to have a whole bunch of esports players, leagues, conventions, um, but then what's next? You know, like what's next for – what else can esports do besides what they currently do? But that's far off. But that question will happen. Oh,
0: you're spot on with that. And, I mean, in the meantime, we're going to – because the professional, you see the gaming companies like Epic – host their Fortnite competitions, right? Host the League of Legends. Some companies outsource like ESL, they hosted Data Two and C- CSGO. But as far as amateur goes, they have not yet created a platform and I doubt they will for the amateur type gaming. And so that's going to be, you know, pretty much whoever figures it out. They're gonna over the next few years they're gonna continue to have solo, you know, tournament organized. It's been a lot online. You know, eSports Arena did a very good job of building a semi-professional platform. And I believe they're going to have to grow because, you know, they partnered with Walmart. But just beginning so much business, they have to have their own standalone place. And then more and more gaming centers are start popping up. And... do it as a hobby, like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore, and so, by providing the land events, you provide a way to make more money by companies, you know, opening up more stadiums, and offering more facilities, more companies within esports, that's really going to help grow, and offer more of a amateur style, path to the pros type of gaming,
1: Right. I mean, you got to think like you look at Arby's, right? (laughs) I don't eat Arby's, but there's enough people keeping Arby's around. So Arby's doesn't need to innovate that much because as long as it can like maintain its altitude, it's good. And some businesses don't want to go higher. They just want to maintain their altitude, you know? Um, but I think esports is just naturally progressive because games are advancing, right? What when like when the next Fortnite comes out or a game better than Fortnite, or are people gonna still people will probably still play Fortnite? Like there are people that, that still play
0: yeah,
1: Halo 2. You know, I mean, what to play?
0: But my thing is, as far as you know, esports goes, and one thing about these esports companies. Getting on our topic of marketing that we're talking about today, these companies don't really have these tournaments, large land events to make money. Obviously, make money play. The main they do is to grow awareness for their games. You know, I started playing both Rocket League and Overwatch simply because I started seeing it on Twitch and watching, and then went to some land events. Was like, oh, this is cool. I want to start playing these games. And so that's what they want out of it. And then within what you're Correct. talking about, you know, people talk about oh Fortnite's dying, it's not that populous and that. Well, think about all the money that's in Fortnite. I mean, a hundred million dollars at the World Cup. Who doesn't want that type of money? And so I it's mean ridiculous. you can say it's dying off, but if somebody has a chance to make a hundred million dollars, I mean they're gonna take well, one oh, I not hundred all the hundred million. If somebody has a chance to make thousands of dollars, I mean they're gonna take that. So I believe it's whatever gains Offering the most money for competitions, or what's going to be most popular? I mean, you could come out with an awful game, but if you have a tournament, you say, Oh, million dollar prize, cool, first place takes home half a million. I mean, I can't see people in a show for that. People are going to get by the body game and practice it because they're like, I want to win that money. Right, exactly. I mean, it's a motivator. Most definitely. And you know how we see, in America, the big sports, the big leagues, NBA, NFL, MOB, NHL means just four. Do you think that in the future we're going to have that with esports where it's just, you know, four major games on the stage? Do you actually think that it's going to be like 10, 20 games actually have lots of money and popular people watching, the, the teams are generating revenue and income?
1: I know I don't I, I think that since there are so many games that might we, we might have genres and maybe they'll distill down to but, but like but but look at streaming now right before it was what Netflix and yeah you know, really it was just Netflix you know then, then it was Hulu now it was Amazon now it was Disney plus now you have CBS plus Peacock HBO plus right because people are going to want to be filtered it wouldn't this is it's natural right i mean if we have a a fighting esports platform right where you can get on here and all the fighting games are up here then a shooter esports platform then uh um i guess like it might depend on if it's like just like rocket league type but that's see, like that that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, a sport so it'll, it'll they're all essentially sports, but the type of sport that it is might happen, maybe. But then they'll say, well, we want to see military shooter games only. You know, we, we want to see only um, basketball sports. So it'll be like channels, uh, probably versus like streaming services. So maybe somebody might think of a way to how, like Spectrum houses channels for you to watch so we we might have like a esports hub app and then there'll be like i watched i only watched the 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 Tekken channel you know or like i only watched the the rocket league channel kind of like youtube so that's 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 probably what it'll look like more like youtube like than anything else um but i think that we're too varied to have just the big ones, unless they really just, like, distill down and say we're only going to do fighting, shooting,
0: and, like, adventure type Uh, of eSports. This This was really good. I mean, all the different ideas, things we talked about, issues within eSports. You know, we gave a lot of great ideas. Some we're going to be right about, some we know we're going to be wrong about. But just some food for thought for everyone listening in. Is there anything you have that you want to
1: add on for our audience? Um, it, you know, selflessly, I, I, I really want to plug Continue to esports carry, man. I mean, it really is the first of its kind. You know, I mean, there's no other place where you can go and you can play esports locally, regionally. In type of environment that you're building, you know, and you're stepping aside from the norm of just kind of like give me, give me money to play here. You're really investing in the community, not only the gaming community, but the, but the community at large. And you know, my advice is that people like come, like like um, come, come check you out, even if you're new to esports. You know, like it to. People have been afraid to jump into it. I think you're building a platform where they can really come and they can learn and have fun. So, um, looking for the benefits of esports as far as just, especially during during this time with, with Corona, East. I mean, gaming in general can reduce stress and can really help you learn. It's so many it's so many things things that you can do. So, f- final word for game. me is game. I
0: like that. <laughs> game. All right, so let everyone know where they can find you how they can contact you if they want any you know marketing services
1: um i'm everywhere so i'm on linkedin as justin Mitchener. um i'm on facebook as tech spartan also justin mitchiner and then my instagram is tech spartan um and my number is 919-414-5705 um i i do take texts dm messages um all day long so I, i'm always doing something so if you want if you need any, any type of questions or you're just looking to kind of see how to launch your brand
0: all right great guy. i appreciate it beyond justin and gave lots of great info for everyone listening in about esports and marketing and the future of it Absolutely. thank you for having me man. i, I Hope appreciate you guys thank enjoy you. this episode